This is WQA Radio, a podcast from the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. Now, here's your host, Wes Bleed. Thanks, Stacy, and hello from WQA Radio. This is podcast number 26. In this program, we'll talk with WQA Business Development Director Brian Geegan. Brian is just back from the Aquatech Convention in China. I, I think the biggest change that I noticed was the involvement of the non-China international groups. Those, the interaction and their willingness to kind of come with, with a variety of questions anywhere from the value of the WQA membership through what product certification has and, and really even education. Education was a big topic this year. Later, we'll have a regulatory update and we'll check in at the WQA News Desk. Coming up, my conversation with Brian Geegan. to showcase your company's expertise and stand out in the water treatment marketplace? Then WQA's Business Excellence Program is the right choice for you. Business Excellence recognizes members that demonstrate a commitment to quality at the highest level. Membership plus certified products plus certified professionals equal business excellence. Go to wqa.org be to start the brief application process. Our guest in this podcast is Brian Geegan, the Business Development Director at the Water Quality Association. Brian, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks, Wes. I'm glad to be back. I think these podcasts have been a valuable asset to the membership. Oh, terrific. Thank you very much. And uh, you, speaking of being back, just recently returned from China from the Aquatech Convention. Tell us about uh, the trip in general. What, What kinds of things did you experience? What a great trip it was. You know, China is such an amazing place and has such an impact on our membership that the involvement from the international community really stands out when you visit somewhere like the Aquatech show. They had approximately 2,300 exhibitors throughout the different areas of the show, and it was constantly busy. Uh, three straight days of nonstop visitors to the exhibit booths, and just an incredible experience overall. So the kinds of people who stopped by the WQA booth, kind of give us an, an overview. Uh, you know, we had a very diverse group of people come to us this year. Um, I took a little different approach on it than I did last year in terms of being able to kind of interact and, and visually sit back, see who was obtaining the information and who was interacting with us. And it was a great mix of Chinese organizations looking to WQA for assistance, maybe through product certification or membership. But there was also a large increase in the number of international members, not Chinese, but European in nature, that also wanted to discuss with us. So we had a very broad range of not just China-centric, but the entire international community there. And did the show change at all from last year to this year, this now being your second year? I, I think the biggest change that I noticed was the involvement of the non-China international groups. Those, the interaction and their willingness to kind of come with, with a variety of questions, anywhere from the value of the WQA membership through what product certification has and, and really even education. Education was a big topic this year. 
So what were your two or three big headlines? What did the show present to you as far as a, a, a news headline goes? Uh, to me, uh, I think there's three different categories, but they all really fall into one area, and that is bringing the international teams more value. I think the three areas that we need to look at are, are certainly education. The international community is dying to be more involved in the WQA education. <laughs> I think we can maybe offer some differing opportunities and even the way that the education is promoted to them uh, to increase the value there. From there, you know, we can look at you know, the value of membership. How do they become more engaged during convention? How do we get them at the different events that we have? And what their power is, where can they promote it? Certainly a big opportunity for us. And then, of course, product certification. Uh, the gold seal mark globally is very recognized. It's very powerful, even to groups that aren't necessarily selling back into the United States. They just want to prove to their client base that they can meet the stringent requirements to put the gold seal logo on their packaging. You sort of touched on this, but what were your takeaways then for WQA? I think for the biggest opportunity from my takeaway is presenting better opportunities to the international community. We got some wonderful feedback from them on maybe what we can do a little bit better, and now it's all about taking it in, massaging it, putting it through our little incubators and our think tanks, and then promoting it back to them as, okay, we hear you, we're listening, we're paying attention, here's what we have that we can work with you on. And while we have you here, uh, again, Brian Geegan, head of business development at WQA, while we have you on the program, what else is happening in your department? Where I think we're making the biggest changes within the business development department is, is continuing the cohesive training of the global team. You know, certainly different areas have different requirements. Not everybody works exactly the same. Not all clients want the same uh, documentation. They don't all want the same feedback, the same working relationship. So bringing that all together and offering a package of what makes the most sense to our clients through membership, education, and product certification, that's really the focus for 2017 is bringing everybody together. Brian Geegan, thank you very much. Thanks, Wes. Glad to be here. I'm Kathleen Fultz, WQA Regulatory and Government Affairs Coordinator with a regulatory update on WQA Radio. On May 30th, Minnesota passed a budget bill, and important to our industry, it included water conditioning requirements for installations. Uh, it adopts rules for water conditioning contractors, installers, and it added to the definition to include multifamily and non-residential buildings where the water conditioning installation can take place as long as it's not exceeding the two-inch pipe size. I would also like to mention that this was a tremendous effort and persistence of the Minnesota WQA with this bill. For more information, you can visit our bill list on the website. I'm Kathleen Fultz for WQA Radio. With the WQA News Update, I'm Stacy Ostkutzbach. Several regional WQA meetings will be occurring in the upcoming months. These meetings provide an excellent opportunity to take a certification exam or attend a modular education program workshop and work through basics and fundamentals activities within a group setting.
To see a list of upcoming workshops and exams, please visit the WQA Professional Certification and Training Events page at wqa.org. I'm Stacey Oskunzbach for WQA Radio. And time now for our WQA tip. The summary and highlights of the 2017 Consumer Opinion Study are available. We have a booklet you can download right now from the homepage at wqa.org. This booklet has plenty of graphs and statistics to help you get a sense of what consumers know about water issues and treatment. Be sure to check out the WQA Career Center for the latest opportunities in the water treatment industry. Look for the Careers tab on our homepage at wqa.org. Thanks for listening to WQA Radio. Be sure to forward a link to a friend or colleague. For Stacy Ostkotzbach, this is Westbleed. So long from WQA Radio. You've been listening to WQA Radio, a podcast from the Water Quality Association the leading voice of the water treatment industry. Learn more about WQA's Gold Seal product certification, professional education and certification, find certified products and water treatment providers, and find out how you can become a member, all at wqa.org. Thanks for listening.